0: Hi guys, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here recording Lost in the Woods. Welcome, welcome. We just spent a bunch of like unnecessary time outside playing with cats that don't even belong to us. So I was just trying to
1: pet Mystic, honestly, (laughs) but he would not let me. He was like, fuck no, Smokey's here. He's the one
0: touching me right now. So our cat, if there's any other cats around, he doesn't like to be touched. So if you like try to pet him, He He thinks it's the cat. Yeah, he'll, like, bat at you. Like, he clawed me yesterday for the same thing. Um, He'll bat at you and hiss at you. But if no other cats are around, he's, like, so loving and the sweetest cat. He's just a little baby. He's just the antisocial. So, today we are going to be talking about Dave Cook, who lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and was 49 years old when he went missing. He's married to Maureen Cook, And the couple has three children, Kate, Ryan, and Sarah. And Dave actually disappeared during a solo trip to Summit Peaks in the Maroon Bells area in Colorado. So the Maroon Bells. Now, one thing that Dave has been doing is he has been going around and he has been summiting 14ers. So those are mountain ranges that are 14,000 feet or higher. It's like a thing. It's like a club that you can join, basically. There are online forums. There are all sorts of like people collect these fourteeners, right? Like yeah. how many can I summit? Kind I feel like of we've thing. talked about this before. I, we've we there's been a couple. I think the one gal that we covered who I forget which mountain she disappeared in. She had the beacon though. Oh, it was such a good case. But I'm pretty sure that was that was a 14er too. I'd have to look it up to be sure, but I think it was a 14er. Now, Dave is a former Marine and an expert mountaineer with a lot of experience in the backcountry. He's fit, detailed, and organized for every single climb. And this climb would be his 47th summit of a 14er. So that's how many of these mountains over 14,000 feet that he has summited. 47. Well, 46. I guess, technically. Well, did he summit this one? We don't know. Okay.
1: Let's give it to him anyway.
0: Now I think, I think he deserves it. 47. For, we're going to call it 47. The Maroon Bells are two peaks in the Elk Mountains, Maroon Peak and North Maroon Peak. And the peaks are less than half a mile from each other. This mountain range is about 12 miles southwest of Aspen. Most people know where Aspen is, but they don't know where Maroon Peak is. They are the border between Pitkin County and Gunnison County. Maroon Peak is 14,163 feet and North Maroon Peak is 14,019 feet. So it's about half mile at a slightly down slope from the main peak. And then close to the Bells is Pyramid Peak, which is 14,025 feet. So somebody can go to the Maroon Bells, and basically summit three 14ers like that. They're all right next to each other. It is believed that Dave's plan was to hike to the main Maroon Bells on the 19th, then travel down to the North Peak, and then the following day on the 20th to hike Pyramid Peak. So his plan was to do all three. He took a map of all three mountains with him.
1: So essentially on this search, we're going to have absolutely no fucking idea where he is.
0: Yep. I mean, basically, yeah.
1: Because I'm sure he's not.
0: And even better, all three peaks share a parking lot. Even better. So when his car is found in the parking lot, it doesn't help. As well, determine where he went.
1: It wouldn't even if it was a different parking lot because he would have parked in the first place that he went, probably. Yeah, but then he probably would have been in that first place. Yeah, but then he still would have hiked up one, hiked to the next one, hiked to the third one. And between those three— Well, but if
0: the third one had a different parking lot, we would at least know if he, had, if he was on the Maroon Bells or if he was on Pyramid because they're two different mountains. But you get to them from the same parking lot.
1: Yeah, but would he even have moved his car if there was a different parking lot? Would he? Have well, yeah, if it was car? far, if
0: it was further away, he would have. Now we do know that Dave did not have crampons with him, but he did have microspikes, which kind of surprises me for a fourteener. But some people prefer microspikes over crampons. But the more ice that you're dealing with, crampons would have been ideal, probably. Dave is 5'9 with brown hair and hazel eyes, and he is believed to be wearing khaki pants, a long sleeve black shirt, a blue helmet, and possibly a gray jacket. And if he has a backpack, it would be black. Visibility on the 19th, which is the day that he was supposed to start his first summit, was reported as poor with 3 to 6 inches Of sustained snow with snowdrifts about waist deep. So there's a lot of snow. There's a lot of snow.
1: And it's not like he's wearing a bunch of bright colors. He's wearing khaki gray with a black
0: backpack. He has a blue helmet, but I'm not sure. When you're with in like snow and ice, I'm not sure how much that's gonna stand out. Well, is it is it like blue blue or is it like a
1: navy blue that could also make a pretty big difference whether or not it's visible? I think I think it was
0: a light blue if I remember correctly, but. That helmet will definitely give him more visibility for sure. Yeah. If he's wearing it, it could be in his pack for all true, we know. True, Yeah, Because most climbers don't put their helmets on until they get closer to an area that might be dangerous. Some Somewhere for the entire hike. But I would say, like, I've never put my helmet on before, like, when I'm starting in a parking lot or at the base of something. It always is, like, miles in before I would put my helmet on. But... The bells are very, very dangerous. In 1965, eight different people died in five separate accidents that year. Like, a lot of people die on these mountains. And there's actually a sign when entering the area of Maroon Bells. Is this the thing? Do
1: you want me to read it? Yeah. So the sign reads, The beautiful Maroon Bells and their neighbor Pyramid Peak have claimed many lives over the past few years. They are not extremely technical climbs, but they are unbelievably deceptive. The rock is downsloping, rotten, loose, and unstable. It kills quickly without
0: warning. The snowfields are treacherous and no place for a novice climber. The fuck does novice mean? Novice, so like you're not professional, like you're kind of like a not an expert, basically. Okay. The gullies
1: are a death trap. Expert climbers who do not know their proper routes have died on these peaks. Do not repeat their mistakes. For only rarely have these mountains given a second chance. And then all in caps, do not attempt to climb if not
0: qualified. So this is the sign that greets you. So I'm turning around in the parking lot. So Maddie's already hightailing back to the car and has abandoned me. If I'm trying to make her climb this. She's like, fuck no, I'm out. Now, Dave would be reported missing on September twenty of 2016 when he did not return to the home of friends that he had been staying with. Dave had actually told his friends, and these are like family friends, that if he didn't return by the evening of the 20th, then they needed to call search and rescue. The friends also alerted his wife, Maureen, who was hopeful that maybe Dave was just running behind schedule. Because he did not really have a time frame. He was just kind of there for the week. He was going to do these summits. Like he was just hanging out. Maureen would start to become more concerned when she realized that he did not send her a summit picture the day before, which he always did. So initially, she's not that worried. She's like, oh, he must be running behind. And then when she starts thinking about it, she realizes that he did not send her the normal summit picture that he always sent her. So
1: she's like, fuck, something's wrong.
0: Yeah. We find out that Dave arrived in the park at 11 a.m. on Monday the 19th. And this is based on a receipt that they find in Dave's car. And his car is parked at the trailhead, which is shared with the maroon bells and pyramid. So they go out, they look for his car, they find his car, they find this receipt that says that he arrived at 11 a.m. on Monday. And this actually made searchers believe that he might have gotten a late start and they decide to postpone starting the search just yet. What? So the receipt in his car says that he entered the park at 11 a.m., which is a very late hour to try to start a summit. So they're thinking maybe he waited and he didn't attempt the summit of Maroon Bells until the 20th because he got to the park so late. late. And then he's really going to be back to his car on the 21st and not the 20th.
1: Okay, so they're waiting.
0: So they're waiting, which according to Dave's family and friends, an 11 a.m. start was like unheard of for him. He was always a super early starter when it came to climbing these mountains. Okay. Yeah, that's... No, if you're going to summit, you can't be starting. That late. At 11. So the search for Dave would not start until Thursday, September 22nd at 8.45 a.m. But after about two hours of finding nothing, one of the helicopters was forced to ground due to high winds. But the other one was able to continue searching, and they covered Maroon Peak and North Maroon Peak and Pyramid Peak from the air, but they found nothing. And search efforts would be done by 5 p.m. with no sign of Dave. They would find people that
1: had seen Dave, and he was seen near the trail to South Maroon Peak, about halfway up the tundra slope around 1.40 p.m., And this hiker reported that Dave was moving slowly, which was unusual for him, according to his friends and family who had, you know, seen him hike. So he started very late and is now
0: just a few hours in, and it seems that he may be struggling. Right. So a couple of weird things, according to Dave's friends and family, him getting to the park so late, it appears that he did start his hike right away from the parking lot. And then also appears that he may be struggling just a couple hours into the hike, all of which was unusual for him. So his phone pinged on the cell tower in
1: Aspen and in Gunnison County later in the day between four to six. This could
0: put him on either peak. We have no way of determining which one he would be on. Right. So when you're at a high elevation like that, your phone can ping off of towers kind of all over the place that aren't necessarily like, it's not like, Oh, this peak is the closest one to the tower. Like there's no way of telling where exactly yeah. in this mountain range that he was at this time, but between four and six, his phone is still active. It's still working, okay. but we don't know where he is. Stranger still. He was also sighted on the morning of the 20th by a U.S. forest service employee near Maroon peak Lake, Between 7 and 8 a.m. But no other hiker saw him going up or coming down the day before. So, like, I get that this is a U.S. Forest Service employee that spotted him in the parking lot. First off, I will never take an eyewitness straight to heart because, you know... Literally A lot of
1: people don't really pay attention and... You know, it could have been another guy in a blue helmet. And he was like, oh, my God, a guy in a blue helmet went missing. I
0: saw a guy in a blue helmet. Well, not only you that, know? but when you're in an area where there's, like, all of these climbers. Like, this is not only a busy climbing area, but there are a bunch of, like, trails around this area, too. Like, you can hike to the lake. There's, like, this loop. There's, like, these base. Like, there's a lot of day hiking that can be done. And there's also rock climbers as well that are out there. So we've got rock climbers We've got the mountaineers, like Dave, and then we've got day hikers. So there's a lot of people potentially in this area. So it sounds like this U.S. Forest Service employee was very sure about this sighting. Okay. So in the parking lot on the 20th between 7 and 8 a.m. Before he would start his... Before he would theoretically be going to do Pyramid Peak. Well, I mean... But we also have him not sending a picture of his summit to his wife. Which is strange. If he summited two mountains the day before and nobody saw him coming down, nobody else interacted with him besides the one hiker that saw him going up.
1: I also don't... Do you remember when we did the fucking enchantments?
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: And we literally saw nobody on our descent down. Yeah.
0: I don't think it's that crazy that nobody saw him coming down. I would just personally feel better about this sighting if we had one person that had seen him either summiting or coming down. Well, is his car still in the same parking lot? Well, it's in the parking lot. Now, 927, approximately 20 personnel from search and rescue are scheduled to begin their operations at first light. Rescuers from Alpine Search and Rescue, Summit County, Rocky Mountain Rescue, Vail Search and Rescue, Garfield County Search and Rescue, and Gunnison County Search and Rescue are all scheduled to participate in the ground search. So we have got the troops coming out on this day, but we still only have a smaller amount of people. And it does grow to 50 people the following day. But you have to remember, this is a dangerous area. So the amount of qualified searchers that they are going to have that can actually go near the peaks or near these dangerous areas is going to be very small. Like a lot of the searchers they have coming out might just be there to search the base trails because it's really dangerous higher up. The Flight for Life, they would be assisting by inserting ground team members into the maroon bells wilderness so taking people up to higher areas smart. where they could search yeah because fuck Super having smart. everybody start at the bottom right everybody's going to be exhausted by the time they and get there and you're to not an even going to be where able they can to search, search. Yeah. yeah so they're also able to avoid some of the more dangerous terrain by dropping people mm-hmm. in areas and then they can search in those areas like i said by 928 nearly 50 people were participating in the search, according to the press relief from the Sheriff's Department. Flight for Life and Care Flight assisted with bringing more teams into search areas and also provided opportunity for aerial searches. There were also four dog
1: teams and two horse teams that were also brought in to assist the searching of the
0: base of the North Maroon, South Maroon, and Pyramid Peak. Right, because you, they can't really take dogs or horses up into these higher elevations where it's more dangerous, but they do come to try to help with the base searching. There was a forum put up, and I believe it was the 14ers forum, one of those, and people would comment on there, like they asked for any information, like who was there that day? Did anybody see him? On and on and on, right? One witness said, I was the first to summit Pyramid on Monday, 919. And I did not see anyone hiking solo on my descent. I reached the turnoff for a Pyramid from Crater Lakes Trail at roughly 3 p.m. and did not see anyone else ascending Pyramid, which we don't think he was going to Pyramid on the 19th, but this person was on Pyramid the 19th and they didn't see anybody. So, not crazy that maybe on the 19th, nobody would see him on the bells. Another person said I climbed North Maroon on Monday, 9/19, so this would be the day that he would have been up there. But this guy probably started way earlier, 100%, but he said, "I climbed via the standard route and didn't see any other climbers. I was on the summit around 10:40, and we know he's just starting his hike, if he's even starting it uh-huh. right now at 10:40, and hung out for a while." The weather was bluebird, no weather threats, and I didn't see anyone on maroon or attempting to traverse. I left the summit around 11 and it took me three hours to get back to my camp at Crater Lake. So 2 p.m. I saw no other people on North Maroon on the ascent or descent. So he would have been coming down in the earlier time frame that Dave possibly could have been on it because he was seen at 140 climbing up towards the peak, right? Uh So this guy's already in his car by 2 o'clock. He's already in his parking lot by 2 o'clock. Yeah. So him not seeing Dave isn't crazy.
1: I don't think it's crazy that anyone did or didn't see Dave because you know how easy it is to step off trail?
0: Now, they did say that the only sketchy part on North Maroon would have been... The class four section, which was snowpacked, but wasn't bad to climb up on the descent. I chose the class three bypass. So he did take a bypass, which could have caused him to miss Dave if Dave was going up. True. Which was also snowpacked, but easy enough to get down without traction. The rest of the route was clear.
1: Okay. So he probably literally passed him in, in that area.
0: Could have. I yeah. During I the would, bypass would, yes. or whatever. Yeah. If he was like, if he made it further up, because if at 140, he's struggling and he's not that far up, he could have not even made it to that section before the guy was down. Uh Now, another person said, I summited South Maroon at 10 a.m. on Monday. So if they summited at 10 a.m., they obviously left very early. About 300 vertical feet down. The ascent route, around 10.30, I met Ross, who works at Patagonia in Boulder. He was heading up to do the traverse to North Maroon. I decided to join him. We were closely followed by two other guys who were only doing South Maroon. They would probably have seen a climber coming up around 1 p.m. or so on their descent. I didn't get their names, but they were middle-aged guys wearing helmets, close to 11 a.m., when we started the traverse, I saw a climber on North Maroon, probably J Blades. That's the climber she thinks it is. During the traverse and on the descent of North Maroon, we saw no other climbers. Packed snow about one to three inches covered the ledges on the north side of both peaks, making for a delicate descent on slippery, down-angled, loose rock. The Class 4 chimney on North Maroon had packed snow on the ledge above it, which was quite difficult to descend because you had to ease out on the edge of the chimney on ice and snow and use good climbing technique to get established. Also at the 30-foot cliff lower down, it was difficult to know where to go as you couldn't see the steep descent over the lip. It would seem logical a hiker would hike along the cliff band to find an easier way down at either of these two curvy spots. Perhaps those two areas would be a good place to search. I do kind of like that these climbers are like, hey, this area was sketchy. Like, hey, this might be a good area to search. Ross was camping by Crater Lake and was planning to fish all afternoon before heading out. It's improbable, but perhaps he saw someone coming off North Maroon or on the trail on the way back. I don't know his phone number, but you can call Patagonia in Boulder. Good luck, and my thoughts and prayers go out to all involved. And thank you, Mountain Rescue Aspen, for your services.
1: Is this an email written or
0: what? No, this is on the blog. Like, the 14ers blog. Did anybody see this hiker? He's missing. I saw him around 11 a.m. at the Silver Bells campground.
1: I was just setting up my camp. I believe it was him. Black older Jeep and was wearing dark shirt said hello to him at the restrooms, which is next to campsite 13. After using the restroom, he drove away, and
0: I never saw him again. So my hope is that he is found. So a press release on September 29 of 2016 said, after eight days of searching for missing Albuquerque climber David Cook, with no results, the Pitcombe County Sheriff's Office is suspending the search. The incident management team conducted multiple ground and air searches over the eight days following Mr. Cook's disappearance. Cook was reported missing to the Pitcombe County Sheriff's Office last Tuesday, September 20, after not returning from a climb in the Maroon Bell's Snowmass Wilderness area. The decision to suspend the search operations was a joint decision made by the Pitcombe County Sheriff's Office and Rescue Personnel. This decision was made after reviewing all search operations to date, current leads, and information obtained from the public. If new information is presented in the future, search operations may begin again. Search and rescue spent over 1,500 hours of lots of ground, helicopter, airplane, and dog searches. That's going to be so... I always assume that that's like one of the hardest parts for the family when they stop searching... The statement from the family said, "We are saddened to announce that the search for Dave Cook has been suspended by the Pitcomb County Sheriff, and was announced in a press release from their office. They said Dave Cook, an amazing father, husband, brother, and son, who places top priority to his wife and three kids, as an experienced mountaineer with love for the outdoors and mountain climbing." He has completed 48 of Colorado's 14,000-foot mountains, 14ers. He went up on Maroon Bells on September 19 in Aspen, Colorado. He planned to spend that Monday and Tuesday hiking the Maroon Bells and Pyramid Peak. A highly intelligent, kind, thoughtful, entrepreneurial, and loving family man. We would like to give special thanks to the Pitkin County Sheriff's Office and Search and Rescue Team of Mountain Rescue Aspen and other teams from surrounding areas that came to help, the volunteers and all those who have assisted in the search. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the Maroon Bells, please note that the hiking and climbing routes have areas of very dangerous terrain. We would like to raise awareness that the peaks are among the most difficult of the Colorado 14ers. October second, 2016, volunteers asked to help review the
1: photos taken during the search of missing climber. Friends and family of missing New Mexico climber David Cook are asking for help in pouring over thousands of images of Maroon Bell and Pyramid Peak taken during the official search. There were more than 25,000 views of the photos. Some photos reviewed showed what people thought were potential clues to finding david one shows what looks like an x drawn in the snow others showed what looked like skid marks maybe someone sliding off the trail some markings were noting that along the garbage chute some views looked like they could be a person or
0: maybe gear but all of it turned out to just be rocks right so people did like pour through these photos and we've seen this in other cases Mm -hmm. too where they go through the photos, they just have people sitting there just staring at photos, looking for anything and then marking what spots. looks suspicious. yeah, anything that looks suspicious or any color or anything like that. But nothing was found. And I did try to go in and view these photos, but it's actually closed down now. Like the site, it wouldn't take me to the site.
1: Damn. So the
0: chain to it was broken. August
1: twelfth, twenty seventeen, at six AM, search teams from Mountain Rescue Aspen. Garfield County Search and Rescue and West Elk Search and Rescue and Search and Rescue Dogs of the United States would all participate in the search. Search teams were dropped off by helicopter
0: into Farvert and the Lost Bermuda Basin at 6 a.m. So the Farvert Basin is on the west side of South Maroon Peak and the Lost Bermuda Basin is on the west side of North Maroon Peak. Ground teams would also search East Maroon Trail, as well as the Gulch and Crater Lake areas known as Garbage Chute. But by 3.30, the search was over and nothing had been found. So this is like a year later, right? They're going back out. They're trying another search, seeing if they can find anything that belonged to Dave or Dave.
1: Dave or Dave?
0: Or like, so anything that belonged to Dave or the body of Dave. I understand. Yeah. I was like, Dave or Dave, what the fuck are you? I did say that weird, yes. So then on Wednesday, August 16, at 5.30 a.m., another search is started. And we have a lot of the same players, but we also have some mountaineers, some climbers that are coming out. So climbers would actually ascend Maroon Peak, North Maroon Peak, and Pyramid Peak. The west side of Maroon and North Maroon peaks from the Farvet and Lost Remuda basins are also searched again. And by 345, this search would also conclude with nothing being found. So
1: May 28, 2017, about a year after David went missing, a hiker stumbled upon a body of a man when he was heading to climb Cord, And the body had injuries to the head and the leg and it was immediately assumed that the body might belong to David Cook. But it wasn't. The body was of Jeffrey Bushor, who was 27, and it was determined that he died from hypothermia hours after a fall. He was a soldier at Fort Carson.
0: So he ended up falling, and not that far it sounded like, but he ended up dying from hypothermia after being stranded from his fall. Can you imagine the being the family, though, and hearing that a body was found?
1: Yeah, no. Oh, my gosh. So, David's family would start a fundraiser called David Gives Back that would raise funds
0: and awareness for search and rescue efforts in Colorado and New Mexico. Right, and this is actually really, really cool. So, one of the things that Maureen said is that you don't know that you need search and rescue until you really need them. So, like, in her world, she never really thought about search and rescue until... Her husband's life potentially depended on it, Mm -hmm. right? So they started this fund, which raises money for search and rescue. She would say, after time and the support of too many people to name, we wish to honor the gifts and talents that Dave entrusted us as a husband, father, son, brother-in-law, friend, businessman, and outdoor enthusiast. We are motivated by Dave's eight missions that he had posted on a notepad above his desk. They were, have a positive attitude, physical training, live a healthy life, motivate yourself and others, earn respect, set goals, live with integrity, mentoring, and have fun. But it's really cool. They actually, they sell a ton of like merchandise they do a lot of fundraising and all of it goes to search and rescue that's cool which i think is probably a little on the healing side for them to be able to contribute to maybe other people being rescued right but dave has never been found he is still out there somewhere and that just goes to tell you how dangerous. I mean, this is like a snow-covered mountain. Like, you would think that it would be easy to fly a helicopter around and find somebody up there, Mm -hmm. but he's just gone. And so experienced, too. It's very stressful. That is really stressful.
1: It's especially probably stressful for the family because they didn't think he was going to go missing. They just saw it.
0: Well, and she kind of said that in a couple interviews. Like, she never really thought about anything bad happening to him because he was so meticulous and he was so prepared and he was in such good physical shape that it was just like, okay, yeah, like he's going climbing for the weekend. Like it was no big deal. But turns out it was on this day. Yep. You never think it's going to happen to you until it happens to you. Literally never think it's going to happen until it happens.
1: I think it's going to happen to me.
0: You think it's going to happen to you?
1: Yeah, dude. Like every time we're out hiking and every time something goes bad, I'm like, well, this is it. (laughs) getting lost in the woods. Here we go.
0: Madison's like, I'm dead. I think only twice I've ever been actually like concerned for my life. And that was when I hiked Mount St. Helens and ended up on a glissade track that went to the wrong side of the mountain. Yeah, that one was scary. And... Stood up and looked around and could see nothing and no one and no trail and no tracks and nothing. And I was just in the middle of this steep, dangerous, snow-covered mountain. I was like, this is how I'm going to die. Terrifying. Other than that, And you would
1: have died on there that day if it wasn't for those fucking mountaineers that went down the same side as you.
0: I probably wouldn't have died. But I did spend hours traversing, which I wasn't super familiar with at the time, across this really steep drop just to get back to the trail. And it took me about three hours to get back to the trail from where I ended up of just straight, nonstop traversing. Yeah. It was treacherous.
1: But who knows what you would have done if those guys didn't come down the mountain. And Because right. that was probably really grounding when you were up there by yourself. You're probably a little bit more panicky. You're more likely to make rash decisions because you don't have anyone 100%. there. 100%. More panic decisions. So who mm-hmm. knows what decision you would have made from there if you were by yourself. You might not have traversed. You might have tried to go down. Like, you know, you just don't... Right.
0: No, you're right. You, you don't you know. never know. Yeah. I probably would have hiked back up my trail, which would have been fucking awful but i probably would have followed my glissade track until i got back
1: yeah but you know you really really don't know what you would have done in that no decision idea because what I you know done. panic yeah. fight or flight's kicking in your yep. survival instincts are kicking in and you don't know what kind of decision well, and you're it seems
0: make. like well i'll just hike down and i'll get off the mountain but it really doesn't work like no. that
1: no but who People knows get you wrapped doing you might have gotten panicked and you yeah. might have honestly done that like I it, you you really don't know how you I might have gonna... been
0: like fuck it i'm just going to glissade all the way down and see what happens yeah <laughs> honestly like So yeah, yeah, I mean, you never know what's gonna happen or how you're gonna react to a situation either. I mean, I think the prevailing theory for what happened to Dave is probably that he fell. So fell and hurt himself and was unable to self-rescue. Covered and Yeah, he could have fallen into a crevice or down a really steep area and they just can't find him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it took him a long time to find that soldier, and we see tons of people go missing in the woods for years and are never even found. So And are never found.
0: I do wonder about his late start and his slow-moving. Like, it. people said that he had never started a hike that late. Like, it's really weird that he started. What if he was started. sick? And that's what I was wondering. Like, maybe he didn't feel good. And, and maybe that's why the he was in the bathroom and then the elevation, like... Yeah, maybe the elevation affected him more than it normally does because he wasn't feeling well. I mean, we just, we have no way of yeah, knowing.
1: No, there's no way of knowing There was
0: all. one picture that somebody took and they thought that it might be Dave in the bottom corner of the picture. And you really, I tried to blow it up. I tried, you can't really tell shit, but you can see something blue, which might be a helmet. And it looks like he's got khakis or something on, but He's like talking to a climber, Mm -hmm. and they tried to locate that climber and they never could. So, yeah, who knows? But that's kind of where my theory tends to fall with Dave Cook. Yeah, his poor family. It's very sad. Don't go hiking by yourself. I'll try. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, And we will talk to you soon. If you want to hear our bunker talk, Head over for that, and yeah. Bye, guys.
1: One, two, three, four. Did you hear about the girl, the 17-year-old who killed her baby in the hospital bathroom? no the fuck no
0: I did not hear about
1: that you didn't hear about that so yeah I guess she went to the hospital because she had like some severe back pain and in according to the parents that no one knew she was pregnant or anything like that and um she had gone to the hospital and then she went to the bathroom while she was like waiting and was in the bathroom for like 45 minutes and, you know, she, uh, people checked on her. Her mom checked on her. The doctors checked on her. And she was like, no, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm, I'm having trouble using the bathroom. Turns out she was giving birth in the bathroom. She gave birth. And then, like, late, way later, like, maybe, like, an hour later, like, housekeeping went into the bathroom and found it being a fucking mess. Like, she tried to clean up, like, the blood and everything. But, you know, it's birth. You, she did a shitty job. So, the housekeeper's cleaning and she goes to lift up the trash bag and it's a little heavier than normal and she looks inside and there's a dead baby in the fucking trash what can in the, the bathroom what's wrong with people why yeah so she claims that she was scared and she didn't she didn't know what to do and the baby came out not crying and that's oh. why she threw it away they'll be
0: able to tell if that's the
1: case um well there's been i haven't seen any conclusion on whether or not the baby was alive or whatever I know that she was arrested but personally looking at photos and videos of her being a cheerleader and shit she looks pregnant as fuck I
0: don't know how you didn't know she was pregnant like how (laughs) what I sent this picture to them and she said is Smokey still hanging out over there do you need (laughs) me to come and get him and I said that's Delilah our old tabby
1: (laughs) that ain't even Smokey so I believe that Delilah Reincarnated has been coming to our house in the form of our neighbor's cat. Our neighbor's new cat. Um, they look eerily similar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not just because they're tabbies. Because I think their tabby coloring looks very different. They're definitely two different types of tabbies. But he is still a pixie tabby. And he is very tiny. He has a full length tail.
0: Yeah, so our neighbor has a new cat who has been spending a lot of time on our porch, and we are definitely convinced that it's the reincarnation of Delilah because they fucking look exactly the same. Well, also
1: because Mystic fights pretty much any other cat that he encounters on the deck. Like, he defends his territory. Like, he, brawls, will, not, yeah. he will not let them hang out on his deck. They're not allowed on his deck. And he just kind of ignores. He, he'll hiss the at new him. Cat. He doesn't want him near him, but mystics never wanted any of the cats even delilah he was like
0: just don't touch me don't touch me and we'll be fine keep your
1: fucking distance and we'll be okay
0: but this new cat is obsessed with mystic and literally just follows him around yeah it's hilarious Uh, so funny so yeah we literally have like a new cat which it's funny because the other day we were outside and the dog was over in our yard. They have a dog, too, a German Shepherd. And Phoenix was, like, playing fetch with him. So she's, like, throwing bamboo sticks and he's chasing them. And then she would run around and he would just, like, follow her, like, run around with her. I'm glad that, the, that, that he's not trying to eat her anymore. I know. And then he would, like, she would, like, sit down and he would, like, just lay down in the grass next to her. And I'm, like, well, apparently he thinks he belongs over here now. And Danielle's, like, calling him. And he's just like sitting there. And then I'm like, he's over here. And she's like, oh, what's he doing over there? And I'm like, he's just playing with Phoenix. And she's like, oh, do you want me to come get him? And I'm like, no, he's fine. And then her chickens are like obsessed with our bamboos. So we had like there was like 10 chickens in our yard a dog, and now there's a cat on our porch. And I'm like, what the hell is happening here? So there's only two yards now, us
1: and our neighbors, that are part of what was, when we moved in, a big, like, six-yard combined Right, huge like, backyard. nobody had fences, right. But then like slowly slowly but surely everybody's stuck up a fence right actually it really was only one person that stuck up a fence what well, was the the behind the people the person behind, who owned yeah. like the triangle property that connected like the four yep. properties mm-hmm. they built a fence up so now it's
0: only a two backyard yep so we have like free roaming chickens a dog and now a new cat.
1: Hey, it's better. We used to have, like, four dogs, like, 12 chickens. From the old neighbors. Like, yeah. 16 cats that would be at our well, house. Well, when they
0: started at the house, the new neighbors, all they had was the dog. And now they have, like, multiple dogs. I think it's an upgrade because that one dog Shani was trying just to eat Shannon Shani dropped off three cats there. <laughs> they got a bunch of chickens.
1: Hey, if they don't want all three cats, I'll take one of the boys if they're, friend- like, one of the friendly ones. <laughs> I want to add a third cat for some reason. Just grab, just grab Smokey and run. I'll get you fixed, Smokey. Don't
0: worry. We'll get those balls chopped off right now. But I think when Danielle was like, so my friend is moving, and she's like, she's like, yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my animals. Like my house is selling. Like it's closing on this day. I don't know. She's moving into like a condo. She's like, what do I do? Like. Uh, do I take him to the pound like what do I do and so we were like telling her like post it on Facebook or whatever like the animal things and Danielle's like well I can take I can take them and then she looks at me and and Shani's like Marie's not gonna take any of my pets and I'm like no I'm not (laughs) why you don't go on solo trips (laughs) me and Phoenix did our solo backpacking trip just Uh, the two of us Phoenix is really gonna save you out there Well, I don't think that Phoenix is going to save me. But I'm saying, like, we did a trip, just the two of us. It was really fun. That does sound fun. Except you're going to get you and Phoenix killed out there. I am not going to
1: get anybody killed. Why would you say that? Because it's basically like going by yourself with a seven-year-old.
0: What's better, going by myself or going with a seven-year-old?
1: I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. You want just you to go missing or you want (laughs) you and your kid to go missing? I don't know. I
0: don't plan on going missing at all. Do you think that if you hurt yourself and were incapacitated, Phoenix could figure out something? Yes, I think that Phoenix could find her way back to the car and get help. But, but if you're lost? Well, that's why we don't get lost. I'm not stupid, Madison. I yeah, haven't... I bet you this
1: guy didn't think he was stupid either.
0: <laughs> Shit. You got me on that one. Okay. I don't think anyone <laughs>
1: who's gone missing
0: thinks they're stupid. <laughs> but what did we say? There's only, there are no cases we have covered where the person went missing or was murdered and had GPS and a way to protect themselves.
1: Yeah, but your GPS hasn't even, wasn't even working for like a fucking year. It's working now. But it wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't.
0: I know, that's true. I'm
1: just pointing out the flaws here. I just need to be the glasses half empty type of person. That's fine. Okay. Did you just pull that string out? I thought it was just going to come out, but it just, like, are you fucking kidding me? Just sew it. It's fine. I can't sew. I don't have sewing. I can sew, actually. (laughs) I don't have. I can sew. I just don't have any sewing supplies. She just
0: got super overwhelmed about the prospect of having to re-sew this pillow closed. I swear not I I can't sew. I don't know how. (laughs) She literally, I can't sew. And then she's like, wait, actually, I can sew. (laughs) Like, I do know how to sew. Calm down, Madison. Super immediate overreaction. This is what I was talking about, Madison. This is what you need to talk to a counselor about. Excuse me. I super overreact to things. I get very emotional about things. Like, help me out here. What I had do this I do? Pillow for a really long do you remember time. our laughing Look, conversation? It's just coming out. Stop it's... pulling them. Don't pull the string. It didn't. I didn't pull on it. This one just popped okay, out. Okay, just stop touching the pillow then. There's a giant hole in one of our pillows now. I've had this
1: pillow for a really long time.
0: I think she's going to cry. And this isn't even a pillow that she uses. This is a pillow that she left behind.
1: Because I use it for recording and I don't want to be in here without a pillow during recording. Or I totally would take this to my house. Are you kidding me? This would totally match well, my house. Well, now you have a pillow
0: with a hole in it. So. Well, now I have to take it to my house because I have to sew it. Apparently. So now I don't have
1: a fucking pillow for my Apparently. recording. <laughs> This is actually a pillow I, brought, I bought at Walmart in Wenatchee when I went camping and forgot to bring any pillows. But you took that pillow. Oh, I guess
0: camping's fine. There's well, I
1: bought problem. it at Walmart. There weren't any, like, pillows at, like, the yeah. Wenatchee Walmart, so we were like, what the fuck? I was like, okay, this looks great. This is my pillow for the weekend, I guess, because we literally didn't bring pillows. We were driving, and I was like, God, I'm really uncomfortable. I wish I had a pillow.
0: And then you like, And then we both looked at each other, and we were like, How did we you, you bring a pillow? And she's like, no. That's really funny because we forgot pillows one time on one of our camping trips. And that was the worst camping trip ever.
1: No, yeah, no, we decided that we couldn't sleep without pillows. Yeah, so we had no. to go to the store and buy pillows.
0: Yeah, I went backpacking this last weekend and I I was really warm. So I had my mat, my like um silver one, mm-hmm. the flat one, the one that I've always carried. And then I got like a blow up mat to put on top of it because for warmth, it's supposed to really help. And I'm just trying to be a little more comfortable, especially for like these shorter trips. And then I had my pillow. And Phoenix had your pillow, my old pillow, the orange one, that's like just plastic.
1: Yeah. And she was like, honestly,
0: she was like, Mom, this is the worst pillow ever. I want a better pillow. It's really loud. (laughs) It's so. She is so um, – I got hit in the face, like, three times. I was like, can you, like, fucking lay still? Like, do what not are you remember? doing? I used to have to build
1: her a pillow fort in she's my bed So obnoxious. after she would fall asleep because otherwise I'm getting punched and kicked off my own bed. So I used to have to build, like, a fort out of my body pillow to keep her away from oh, yeah. me yeah. in my sleep because I was like, don't fucking come near me, kid. I did
0: tell her that if she did a couple more – so she's done two overnights now with me this season in the last, like, month – I told her if she does a couple more, then I will get her a pillow.
1: A better one that she likes.
0: They're so expensive, though. Dude, I can... I... They're, They're like $40. You just have to touch that...
1: You just put a t-shirt... I just... I wrap my t-shirt or a shirt or a piece of clothing okay. around that pillow. I do,
0: un... I do get that theory. However, this is my problem. I'm fucking wearing at night everything that I brought because I'm so cold. So I have everything on so i'm like i'm like oh well like i'll take my sweater and i'll wrap it around her pillow so that it's not like loud and it's more comfortable and then i was just fucking cold (laughs) because i don't pack any extra clothes well that's your and she literally packed nothing like the next morning i'm like where's your clothes and she's like i'm just gonna wear the ones that i hiked up here in." and i'm like god damn it if you're not like madison i don't know who is (laughs) (laughs) literally me i'm like did you bring a fresh pair of socks she's like no my socks are fine i'm like literally me (laughs) no like she's at the age now where i'm not checking her gear you know what she slept in though she brought leggings to sleep in and then she brought her flannel pajama pants to put over her leggings so that she would be cozier Good shit, Phoenix. You carried flannel pajama pants, but you couldn't pack an extra pair of socks or a t-shirt. Yeah, (laughs) dude. I'll
1: only bring one pair of hiking pants, but I'll have my sleep pants that are way
0: too thick and way too much to sleep in remember in florida when i forgot my sleep pants like they were left we left them in the car because we were repacking everything at yeah, the last yeah and minute.
1: i was the one that had to do the sacrifice i don't know i don't even remember you were the one that
0: had multiple pairs of pants so
1: you had to give me one of yours yeah which means i had to wear my less nice pants but because- that's my
0: point though my point is that you and phoenix are like oh no i don't need that normally essential item But I will pack these 10 other items that I really don't need, but I want them. So they're coming along. I had a hunch, and you know what? My hunch has never been wrong.
1: My hunch has never been wrong. If I've ever overpacked, I've needed those things that I overpacked. And guess what? I didn't need the shit I didn't fucking bring. (laughs) I can hike in the same pair of pants. You know what I can't do? Sleep in a pair of pants that I don't have because someone else forgot their pants and stole my nice (laughs) pants.
0: Well, to be fair, like, I didn't even change into my hiking clothes for the next day because we were so cold in the morning that we packed our shit up and we ate our breakfast while we hiked down in our pajamas. So we literally like when we got to the car, it's like hot by then and it's like sunny and it's like packed. And here we are walking out of the woods in our fucking pajama pants. Phoenix has her flannel pajamas on. We have our backpacks. We're like trudging out of the woods at like... Eight o'clock in the morning, people were like, did you guys get a really early start? And I'm like, obviously we slept in the woods last night. Like, look at us. Thank you.